This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Sperm whales. There's an obvious joke here. Any middle schooler can make a joke about this, and I'm choosing not to today. Convince Me's resident scholar, Alex Berg, returns today to talk about the sperm whale, the largest toothed predator in the world? We'll find out today on Convince Me! Welcome to Convince Tea, the show where a wide-necked crop toptimist tries to convince a couple of skeptunics to get on board with their distinctive sometimes downright cotton usual button obsession as a t-shirt theme uh i'm your host jeff kaufman i'm sitting across from ben castle hey i love that t-shirt themed opening that was thank great thank you nice thank work. you um and our guest today as stated before is alex berg yeah. hello welcome berg i got confused at the beginning of the t-shirt thing because i thought i was the crop top <laughs> <laughs> i mean you are technically. and i was like I, I mean maybe that's how people see me <laughs> i had no idea that you would be wearing a crop top today yeah, well, when i wrote the intro it's hot yeah it's, it's hot it's hot, it's hot. It's hot. No, <laughs> no one's blaming you yeah um for, in, oh. yeah for a guy who gets teased about his clothes a lot Crop top's not one of them that makes the cut. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I have a very, I have a very limited spectrum of wardrobe, yeah. and it's it's constantly a problem. Anytime I book something low budget, and they're like, "Can you bring like a like like a, <laughs> yeah. a pair of jeans?" And I'll be like, "No, I can't. <laughs> very sorry." <laughs> they do that a lot. They like, do that a bring lot. Bring your own options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a uh, white white dress shirt I get a lot, and I'm like, ugh, yeah. don't have one. Like, do you mind if it's pitted out? Does yeah, that work yeah. for your shoe? Oh, I got lots of those, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's missing nipples. Um, convince Me's Resident Scholar. What do you think about that title? I th- it's a very flattering title. Uh, I think it's almost too lofty for me. That puts oh, no, a lot no, of pressure I mean, on me. It's it's like graded on a curve, I think, oh, is, is one good. way to think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. we're real stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I feel better then. There's a lot less pressure that way. Uh, yeah, speaking of scholar, you just had that Science Time show. Yes, yeah, yeah. How did that go? Did you feel like a scholar at it? I did feel like a scholar at it. Um, yeah, so uh, for, for the listeners who aren't in Los Angeles, yeah. uh, I recently did a show at UCB called Science Time with Alex Berg, which is literally the first title we thought of. <laughs> um, like one of those ones, like, we'll find a better one before it, before it comes around, and then it came around and we it didn't. Won't. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I was really happy with it. Um, we we're basically trying to do for science what you know uh, the Daily Show or Last Week Tonight or Full Frontal does for politics, right. and just have it be yeah. funny first. But if you're there, you'll you'll learn stuff. Um, and we interviewed a real scientist from JPL, uh, mm-hmm. Doctor uh, Mujige Stricker, who focuses on planetary protection, making sure nothing from Mars infects Earth, which is crazy. Um, and then we talked for like 20 minutes about gravitational waves at the end. Uh, and yeah, it was, and then she emailed me after I emailed her afterwards to be like, thank you so much for doing the show. And she said I explained gravitational waves correctly, oh my God. which was excellent. Yeah, That's I was the baseline. I was very nervous that she'd be like, "Well, you know, you made an, a nice effort." 
Yeah. You know, right. like <laughs> I learned a lot when you talked about it on Will Hines and Anthony King's podcast. I just forgot the name of their podcast. Uh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it made it make sense because I'd read several articles and science articles sometimes. They can sometimes be dense. They're real tough. Yeah. 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 So we used farting horses, uh, a deaf lady in the Viet Cong to explain our gravitational yeah. waves. Again, I already first get thoughts. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I already get it. After hearing that. Yeah. 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 I see it. Speaking of gravitational waves, this is uh, tangential, but. Um, do you understand? Do you have you guys heard about the, the how they're like uh, transporting photons? Yeah, the teleportation. Yeah. Teleportation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the do you Chinese. Understand that? I, I kind of do. Um, I mean, I don't. I. I it's l- pretty l- weird. Let me take that back. I don't truly understand anything <laughs> yeah. in quantum mechanics, but basically, a in quantum mechanics, an object is defined by a set of quantum numbers, right? Like so, you know, and I can't remember what they are, but they're like charge, spin, you know, you know like yeah. mass, you know, or something like that. And um, they basically entangled two photons, which probably the easiest way to think of that is like if you took a coin that's heads and tails, okay, and then you separated the heads and tails side of the coin by a considerable distance. But so you so they're can't, still in this. They're st- it's still the same object, but it's separated. That's what they kept talking about yeah. in the article, and I was like, what? Yeah, what yeah. yeah. I mean, I think basically the idea is the universe doesn't give a fuck about your conception of size right. and distance. You know, yeah. like, and so these things are entangled in this quantum way that, again, I truly don't understand. Um, and then they were able to transfer the set of quantum numbers from the photon on the ground to the photon in orbit in such a way that the photon in orbit was now technically the same object as the photon on the ground. Yeah. In zero time. Yes, yes, instantaneously. Yeah, 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 instantaneous. yeah. Entanglement goes is entanglement was one of the things Einstein really took umbrage with because it appears to break the speed limit of the universe, yeah. but a speed limit only matters if something is traveling. Moving, yeah. If it's the same object and it's stationary and it's just stationary outside of this dimension, then that doesn't make any difference. But I don't know if that's what quantum entanglement is or not. So if we understand how a set of quantum numbers can make up, say, a person, mm-hmm. then we can hypothetically teleport a person. May- like, wouldn't maybe. they be in the same place still? It's it's more it's much more complicated with a person because basically once an object is big enough to be affected by gravity, like a photon's so small it's not affected by gravity, right. so we can do these kind of quantum manipulations with it. But there's basically a threshold, and I can't remember the name of the threshold. But you know, uh, a quantum system can be indeterminate so long as it hasn't been observed. But that observation also counts as like if a light ray bounces off of it or if it has a gravitational effect on something else, you know. And so when we get to things that are person-sized, it's very difficult to reconcile how that would work with a quantum thing. Also, if we were to teleport you, yeah, you'd either have to duplicate yourself so that you were in two places at the exact same time, in which case, which one is real you and which one is fake you, and then you have to kill the other one, you know. (laughs) So it's... I think about this every day. Yeah, so yeah. it's it would be it would be intense. It would yeah. be not necessarily bad, you know, like <laughs> but intense. It does sound intense. Yeah, but you don't see that part in Star Trek where they're like killing. Yeah, no, where there's just piles <laughs> yeah. of Kirk. You know, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. There's just like lots of dead Kirks on the Enterprise. Yeah, just you know, Scotty with yeah. a push broom, <laughs> just shoving them all out the trash chute. <laughs> Do they have a trash chute? Has that been established? They've got it, right? They must generate trash, or they compost everything. You I think those dudes compost? Those dudes don't yeah, compost. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They maybe, don't fucking compost. Maybe Spock. 
compost. Yeah, he yeah, seems like th- a- yeah, Sp- I could see Spock with the eggshells and the coffee grounds and everything, but like I don't think Kirk gives a fuck <laughs> about composting. Spock's a real like Silicon Valley type guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's like he's the he was like the first of your friend group to drink Soylent. Yeah, you know? like, he's that dude. <laughs> I like Soylent. I also like Soylent. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's let's circle back to <laughs> let's circle back to our topic today, which is sperm whales. Of course, of course. Sperm whales. Um, what was that joke you were going to make at the top? You said there's an obvious wanna, joke here. I just, uh, it's sperm. That's, oh, right, 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 right. right? What's yeah. that? Everybody's thinking about it, all right? It's like like jizz, Alex. Oh, it's a layman's term for jism. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, jism. You know, <laughs> yeah, jism. Yeah. Um, but but uh, we want to talk about the actual whale. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I read a little bit on Wikipedia that it is the largest toothed mammal. Is this true? Or, no, not mammal. No, you know, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, because uh, technically blue whales, which are larger than sperm whales, have baleen plates, which yeah. are different from teeth. Um, and so sperm whales are the largest toothed mammal, largest toothed predator um, on the planet. Interesting. Is that like a big distinction or is that something that they just add on so that they can say it's the largest? No, it's, you know? it's a major distinction. There's, there's two uh, major groups of whales. Um, the... Oh fuck! I always fuck up the the baleen ones. I mean, um, we can make up terms. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. well, there's the there's the odontocetes, okay. which are um, orcas, sperm whales, dolphins, any whales with traditional teeth. And then I think Balaenoptera might be specifically blue whales. But then the the other oh, f- oh this is gonna drive me so fucking nuts. <laughs> Oh, this is gonna drive me we could, so. We could edit it nuts. in after. You could just <sighs> say something right now, like a placeholder. No, I don't like want to look ice up. cream. No, I'm gonna say Balaenoptera, but that's not right. But it's um. We can call David Attenborough. Yeah, yeah. I please. Uh, <laughs> that's a segment at the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Call David Attenborough. But so the uh, the other gr- large group of whales, the baleen uh, whales, don't have teeth. They have these baleen plates that they filter seawater through uh, to catch right. like krill yeah. and Brine that sort shrimp. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And when you see the baleen plates. Up close, like when you hear about it, sometimes you're like, "No, nah, they just don't have spaces between their teeth." That's all it is. And then when you see one in a museum or something, you're like, "Oh no, this is like some weird, gigantic, stiff yeah, feather that grows looking. from its mouth." Yeah, yeah. it's totally it's insane. Yeah, yeah. So just imagine that, but like clogged with shrimp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so the, the worst guy you ever talked to at a cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> just got shrimp all in yeah. his face. Hey. Shrimp bubble yeah. in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. My goal with this is just to prove the factualness of the Jonah myth. So I just want to... I'm assuming that's probably a sperm whale at this point, because you can't fit a prophet through baleen. No, you could. I mean, cause okay, the, way, you could. the way a lot of baleen... The way a lot of baleen whales feed is by something called lunge feeding. Um, so they'll... Okay. So if you ever see a picture of a blue whale um, or... Oh, their rostrals, that's like another... Sub, but there's... um. They have these pleats in their necks, basically. Okay. Um, and those pleats allow their necks to expand hugely. And so what they do is they don't swim through with their mouth closed and filter things out. Oh, they, they I had no idea. Millions of gallons of seawater. And then they, that's like, probably wrong. Squish it out. Yeah. Then they squish. Like, then they have these huge tongues and they squish oh, it out through their teeth wow. and then they lick the shrimp and stuff off oh, the back of their. Again, teeth. the gross guys party. So gross. Dude, yeah. Imagine a dude at the party who's like, "You like shrimp." Stuffs a bunch of other crap in his mouth, squeezes all the non-shrimp out through his teeth, through his teeth. yeah, and then like, just sits there staring at you, licking the, the back ground. of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just licking his teeth. Yeah, so I we mean, all I'm, know that guy. 
Yeah, but I mean, a sperm whale, a sperm whale could, uh, you know, a sperm whale's mouth is actually pretty small. Like, as for as big as their heads are, their their yeah. mouths are pretty tiny. Most of their head is occupied by the spermaceti organ and the and something called the junk. <laughs> um, come on, <laughs> and the spermaceti I, is what people were after a lot, right? When they yeah, came, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah from the height of uh, Yankee whaling and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So if you're a prophet that's been told to go to Nineveh. To, con- yeah. to convert these people. Sure, sure, sure. You're probably getting swallowed. Well, you, you're saying it could be either. So I, we well, don't know. Actually, we I don't think, know. I think that if a sperm whale... I think a, a sperm whale's... Sperm whale's mouths are really weird because they have um, a lower jaw, just like you and I do, uh, with a row of like pretty intense teeth. Their upper jaw has no teeth. And their mouth is actually not that big. So I think if you're going to be swallowed whole by a whale, it would probably be a baleen whale. Okay, so probably a blue whale. We all know the guy at the party who has just bottom teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another terrible dude. Look, Whales are basically the terrible dudes at the party of the sea. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to imagine, he's also the biggest guy at the party. (laughs) (laughs) Like, by a long shot, you know? Taking up a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's going like, who is this dude who's just fucking spitting food out in the corner? And his buddy missing his upper teeth just eating calamari. <laughs> they eat calamari fried, right? Yeah, yeah, sperm fried. Yeah, yeah. Sperm whales, they're very, they're very picky. Some so, dude named Ishmael in the corner yeah, going yeah. after him all the time. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I would, I guess, leaving here similar to the uh, your previous episode, like cephalopods. I would, I would like to leave feeling like, oh, I gotta like read up on sperm whales like i okay. really my interest is peaked. right yeah after the last one i learned that cephalopods uh i'm gonna get this wrong but they edit their rna oh that sound right yeah that's they i rna yeah editing. that came out since we did that podcast i yeah. don't i don't fully understand what that means either uh what i could gather is it i don't i don't fully understand it obviously but um part of it is like oc- octopuses use it to like regulate temperature so like yeah. if the water's too cold then they can edit their own rna to a basically like they skip a million several million years of evolution yeah they they use it own. to activate certain genes sort of in the yeah. same way we're starting to use crispr cas to like very yeah. selectively activate genes and disactivate genes within an organism i th- i think that's what they're doing but i'm yeah. not at all certain about that what i understood was like um half of their genome is edited editable how do you say that editable editable yeah that's the yeah, one yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's like a dirigible uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. half so of their it, genome is a zeppelin yeah. <laughs> yeah and so as opposed to like we have like just a few yeah so that, was, that was my RNA. big takeaway is what yeah. what the cephalopods are doing is not something that is unique to cephalopods it's the amount they do it that's unique so yeah, yeah, all yeah. species are able to edit their own rna in this way but for you know and these are these are just made up numbers i don't i don't think these are true but you know for humans it's something like we can edit two percent and for cephalopods it's like 60 yeah you know like it's it's a crazy yeah yeah, it's like an order of magnitude larger and it makes them um less uh evolved so they they're that's what they were saying is like because they adapt on their own so much they skip um like dna mutation which is how how yeah yeah over millions of years yeah Huh. Uh, this is this is Ben's science corner where he doesn't understand anything. <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, yeah. Things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also, and I don't get it either. So for what it's worth, uh, but but uh, but but sperm whales, I guess, like like what would be because because we're gonna go to a break soon. Okay, but what, like before we get in there, like I'd love to hear your your a few like 
maybe a short thesis about like really why they are cool amazing yeah. okay uh i'll i'll give you uh i'll give you the i'll give you the big one first they have the largest brain on the planet Ooh. There, there is no creature that has ever lived with a larger brain than a sperm whale That's and sexy there is no mm-hmm. there is no link um there's no scientifically proven link between the size of a brain and the intelligence or consciousness of the animal however it does it does bear consideration of like it's processing a lot of something, and there right. must be an experience uh, on the sperm whale. There must be some kind of subjective experience on the sperm whale's part of what it is to process all that stuff. And most of what it's processing is audio. They have they have oh. they have eyes, but their eyes are separated by a forty foot long forehead. Oh, you know, and so I know some people. <laughs> yeah, again, <laughs> worst dude, worst dude at the party. No upper teeth, huge forehead, eyes on other side yeah. of his face. Yeah. You know, it's Jay Leno, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear the one about the shrimp? Um, I mean, yeah, brain shrimp. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So you know, and for me, the um, the internal workings of a sperm whale are absolutely fascinating. No one's really sure what exactly the spermaceti it does. There's lots of different theories. Um, it's an incredible substance. Uh, it was so highly prized um, in the mid-19th century because it was used to make um, smokeless candles. So oh, that you right. could so you could burn candles without building up a lot of smoke, and nothing nothing else we've ever been been able to create synthetically does the same thing. Yeah, and um, and from the whale's perspective. The way they navigate underwater, because they dive very deep in, in search of squid and, and whatever else they eat, um, and the way they navigate, we think, is largely through a kind of sonar. They have um, two nostrils, just like you and I do. One of their nostrils is um, at the top of their head, and you can tell a sperm whale spout because it's low and bushy and points to the left, evidently, because it's like oh. that nostril. Tell me about it. And then, the, and then you, if you can imagine their nasal passage running along to the front of their head and pointing backwards at their face, there's an organ called uh, a monkey's lips, uh, in French, museau de singe, uh, and it makes this incredible, <laughs> this incredible clicking noise, and that clicking noise goes through the spermaceti, bounces off of their skull, oh which is shaped God. like an amphitheater, and then back out. Yeah. And this is like double sonar, sort of. It's yeah, it's sort and of. so we think the spermaceti is some kind of amplification thing, but also spermaceti has this interesting property where when it gets colder, its buoyancy changes. So we think oh, the spermaceti wow. might also be used to pull the sperm whales into almost vertical dives, it's like a submarine ballast. Yeah, or, kind yeah. of. And then they have yeah. this incredible network of blood vessels around the spermaceti that some people think, this is very contested, but some people think they can use to change the blood flow and warm the spermaceti so that when they're low, then they can change the buoyancy and fly back up. Wow. Um, and so all of this is going on in the same fucking creature, you yeah. know, like which is in- incredible. You know, and then obviously the our history with them in terms of whaling and like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that like Yankee whaling peaked in 1849. I think, I think Moby Dick was published in 51 Yankee whaling peaked in 49. What the Yankee whalers did in the whole of the height of Yankee whaling is nothing compared to how many sperm whales were killed during the sixties. Like, so they are these like fascinating gigantic, like 
possibly intelligent behemoths. Wow. Oh, and they have societies. They have global societies that you can tell by the way they click at one another. Okay, like, this is good and something we're going to have to talk about after societies. the break. But okay. uh, I want to hold on to that. Um, right. But we'll be right back on Convince Me. We have a new song. Convince Me. Tinder. Bumble. Grinder. Match. There's too many dating apps and not enough dates. What if you just want to meet some people in person? That's what Uber's for. Hi, I'm Travis Kalanick, recently fired CEO of Uber. Since I'm technically no longer employed by Uber, I'll let you in on a little secret. Uber was founded as a dating app. Whether you're a driver or a passenger, Uber is there to put you in another human's personal space. Oh, perfect matchmaking opportunity. That's why we pay drivers so little. They should pay us for such a great dating app. So next time you're in the market for a date, go Uber. Tell them Travis sent you. Thank you, Uber. Thank you, um, Uber. Travis, what's his name? Kalanick. Yeah, it's Kal- yeah, Kal- so, yeah. It's that's how he said it. I don't know. Yeah, Ka- yeah. <laughs> if he says it that way, I believe him. But yeah. I've only seen it in print. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm the same right. way. I'm like Julian Asangi. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, he paid. Tra- Travis paid for that himself, right? Yeah, he paid personally. Yeah, yeah. He could afford no a lot more than he paid too. It's ten yeah, yeah. ten dollars. That's what we got. Ten dollars, man! You got to get someone better negotiating for you guys because that dude has at least fifteen bucks. <laughs> he's got, yeah. I would I mean, think he's, so. he's, he's doing pretty well. loaded. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would assume he's got a lot of pending lawsuits, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably but still going to be. Yeah, they yeah, haven't, pending. they haven't come through yet. Um. All right. So we're talking about glo- like societies. Yeah. Of it, whales. Kind of left off. Yeah. On. Societies of crazy. whales, and the, and it's interesting. We're talking about entanglement, and what you were describing kind of started to sound like similar to the whales are entangled i'm gonna let you take it away but uh, (laughs) so that's just my observation so there's there's a really fascinating book called um i want to say it's called like the social and cultural lives of cetaceans or something like that but um by these two authors hal whitehead and luke rendell and this is the book that got me on my whale kick um and and then if you want to learn about sperm whales specifically uh, the Great Sperm Whale by Richard Ellis touches on some of this stuff, but it's less um, technical. Like how how Whitehead and Luke Rendell are basically like the foremost sperm whale experts, and then um, Richard Ellis is a phenomenal um, uh, natural history author who also wrote the book on giant squid that got me into giant oh, squid. Oh yeah, I remember that one. So yeah, yeah okay. so he's he's been he's a key figure. He's the Svengali lurking in the background of all this all this nerdery. Um, but so in um, in the cultural lives of uh, of cetaceans or, or whatever that book was called, um, Hal Whitehead and Luke Rendell make a pretty convincing argument. I think it was in that one. There's two books of theirs I read, and I can't remember what the second one was. But uh, they make a pretty convincing argument that a lot of sperm whale vocalizations are not used for hunting or sonar because they happen at depths at which whales don't hunt. And what they've noticed is that whale pods organized into larger groups and then larger groups still all by sharing the same kind of like sperm whale click and it and they can they have recordings of these and it'll be like you know or or something like that um and these are unique and you can identify members of certain pods based on their clickings 
And then all of these pods are organized into these much larger groups, which are separated into like, you know, the South Pacific group and like, you know, the North Atlantic group and, and all that sort of stuff. And what they've so noticed... they travel in herds at all? Or are they... they, yeah, sperm whales do have pods. I think like... Oh, pods, right. they're, um, they're, they're very skittish. Like there's a lot of whales that are like kind of easy to whale watch. Sperm whales are skittish. And one of the reasons we think they're skittish is because there are still sperm whales alive that were around during Yankee and 1960s whaling. Makes sense. And we think that they're transmitting information generationally, which means they have a cultural aspect to oh, them. Oh, yeah. Which is... Maybe there's like a sperm whale beetles out there. I, oh, that's it's cool. funny you should mention that, because this is not a sperm whale anecdote. This is a um, a humpback whale anecdote, but from the same book. Okay, sure. So there were, uh, there were two separate groups of humpback whales being studied by two separate groups of researchers, um, one off the western coast of Australia and one off the eastern coast of Australia. Okay. And humpback whales have very, very specific um, calls that they make that you can analyze and record. And they're, and they're very rigorous, and they, they, you know, each group basically sings their own song, right? And so this group of researchers in Western Australia all of a sudden notices that their whole pod, like on a dime, changes their song. And they can't figure out what's going on with it. And they're like, this is like a really weird finding, you know? Like, and we have to report this because we don't know what it means but it's it's significant and it's abrupt and when they went to some like australian whale conference or something like that they met up with the group who was researching the whales in the eastern pod right. and the song that the whales in the western pod had started singing was the song of the whales in the eastern pod are these people just like in a hotel room being like uh like singing out the songs that the whales <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> But so basically, basically what the researchers realized is that a whale from the eastern pod, and like and this, they confirmed this with the researchers, a whale from the eastern pod had gotten lost and wound up with the western pod by accident. Oh. And then its song was so catchy that oh it was basically a, like a British invasion kind of it situation. It was like the John Lennon. Yes, it of, was. It yeah. was. Yeah, like wow. like the Beatles on the Tonight Show for the western pod of Wales. So th- this is <laughs> this is a thing that happens, you know, like. Um, that's insane. Yeah, but so they and so wow. with, going back to sperm whales, one of the uh, interesting hypotheses that um, Hal Whitehead and Luke Randell made that I, I, if I'm remembering the book correctly, I don't want to put words in their mouth, sure. but if I'm remembering the book correctly, required more research to you know mm-hmm. it's still very much up in the air. Um, was that these whales? Uh, you can track. I guess. I guess certain whales hunt in certain different ways, and that they think these ways are learned matrilinearly. They think that mother whales teach these things to their calves um, when they're very young, um, and these hunting techniques are specific to groups of whales uh, for sperm whales in the same way that groups of orca whales will have very specific oh, yeah. hunting techniques. And what they think is that um, as the environment changes over years and time and that sort of thing and different food supplies become available, the difference in these hunting techniques will lead to a difference in survival rates for different groups of whales, which means that their culture is affecting their evolution, which is an incredible thing that we've really only confirmed in humans at this point. Um, And so that's a fascinating... Yeah. Yeah, it sounds very like primate. Like, yes, yeah, they're cool. very yeah, they're yeah, very yeah. primatey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's interesting because a lot of the things we use to measure intelligence in primates, like, well, do they have tool use? It's like, yeah. well, they don't have hands, you know. Like, so, yeah, no, you know. But that doesn't mean they're not intelligent in some other way. They clearly and, have language. 
Yeah, or or something. Uh, uh, audio. Yeah, yeah. They're clearly con- yeah they're clearly communicating. I guess language. This is a, an exceedingly pedantic point, but I have to force myself to make it because I've had it made to me. And yeah, I, I have to agree with it. But um, <laughs> I guess the difference between between language and communication, yeah. right? Like songbirds communicate, but they don't necessarily have language. That's true. Yeah. But is um is syntax is the ability to like, you know, rearrange and have a structure mm-hmm. beyond just, you know, sort of a thing, which might might be present depending on how you define it in um in humpback whales, but we don't think it's present in sperm, sperm whales. We don't think we have we don't think they have the ability to make a ton of novel statements. We think that they have the ability to say like Hey, here's who I am, and here's who I belong right. to, and maybe the ability to label someone else in the same way. But they're not like reading Kierkegaard. Some maybe neither am I though. Maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> worst guy at the party. <laughs> Fucking I'm Jeff shows up at the party. I'm the worst yeah. guy. I mean, I'd rather <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't take up a lot of space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you haven't read Kierkegaard. And yeah, at the end of the night, everyone's ranking them like, well, there was the guy with the huge forehead and no upper teeth. <laughs> there was the dude with all the shrimp stuck in his face. And then fucking Jeff hadn't read Kierkegaard. <laughs> and so like, we're all trying to have a conversation. He's just like nodding and saying, yeah, politely. What a tool. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps trying to talk about coding. We don't want to talk yeah, about yeah, coding. Yeah, it's like, get out of here. Yeah, we're, we're, a, we're a Kierkegaard philosophy. crew. <laughs> oh, what a, what a weird party that was. Yeah. Great time though, great time. I LA, it's a great time. Yeah. Have you ever seen a? Have you guys ever gone whale watching? No, never. You never and, have. And, and no, and it really bums me out because two of my good friends keep traveling places where they just see whales. <laughs> like, they, yeah, they went to Hawaii on a trip, and they were like, and they were there in January, and they were there right after I'd read this book, and I was Is like, the blue whale migration, uh, humpback, yeah, humpback. Yeah, I was like, migration. oh, you're gonna see all the, you know, yeah, like that sort yeah. of thing. And then they were up in Santa Cruz last weekend, and they were like, hey, we saw whales. I was like, you motherfuckers! Yeah. And I've I've never seen a whale. I you saw a too. dolphin once in Italy. That's as close as I've come. Oh, you can see. I mean, I saw dolphins, a dolphin at can, the beach. The yeah, other you yeah. can see dolphins at like cool. it's pretty cool Santa Monica Pier. I don't believe you, but Italian dolphin, yeah, Italian dolphins. The Italian dolphin was actually pretty incredible because I was I was on vacation with my folks. Hang on, my phone's ringing. Let me shut. Hey, this go off. ahead. That's my dumbass sister. Um, <laughs> Sisters. She, uh, she a real baleen. She's yeah, yeah. She's a baleen type. Um, but yeah, no. The the Italy thing was pretty cool because I was with my um, my parents had my parents take these extravagant vacations and every like once every eight years they'll invite me with them. Oh, nice. You know, you get to hang with the Connecticut elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, and so they they were going to the Amalfi Coast, Ooh. and the roads in Amalfi are all these like narrow. Picture like the PCH if it was narrower and cliffier. You right. know, like. Mm-hmm. And so when you want to go from town to town, you rent these little Zodiac boats and you just kind of like go, they call them water taxis. And so we were on a Zodiac boat, um, you know, like just off the Amalfi Coast. And so to our right are these like incredible like cliffs with like these like churches hanging off of them and all this sort of stuff. And then to our left is the Mediterranean, you know, or I think that's, yeah, I don't know. But, um, but, uh, and then there was like this like pot of dolphins like pretty far off in the distance like you know it's not like they were swimming alongside and i made friends or anything like that (laughs) but it was still just like very cool that's awesome yeah yeah did you have any uh spaghetti i did and you know what actually (laughs) that trip happened right when i was getting obsessed with cephalopods and i ate 
squid almost every oh, single yeah. fucking oh, meal. Yeah. You can get so many squid and octopuses there. Oh, my God. And I, I convinced myself. I was like, these things are so fucking weird. They've <laughs> got to be a superfood that no one knows yet. <laughs> and so, you know, I was just they're like, this is... They're not that good for you. I was like, yeah, no, they're not. They're, they're basically like 90% cholesterol yeah, and then the rest yeah, is protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when I got on my look it's that like up... eating was like, chicken feet. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just like, well, it was good. You yeah, know. they're good. Uh, I saw... You ever go whale watching, Jeff? No. Okay. Not. Uh, we just went like out at Long Beach and saw like in a few years ago, but like February, and we saw blue whale migration. And, yeah. Like a pod. And they were like, what the tour guides who were like 18 year old guys. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. said we're like baby blue whales. And then we saw one blowhole of what he said was like a parent, but they come up like so rarely. Yeah. Yeah. But the the little ones were coming up. Like every couple minutes, yeah, because cool. they have to like learn how to swim. Like, yeah, they're not good at it for yeah. a long time. And we couldn't um, see hardly any of it. It's like tiny bit. Yeah, they I don't think, really breach. Yeah, that's like part of my thing is like you know certainly I would love to see a sperm whale in the wild, but like the best place to see them evidently is the Azores. So it's like oh yeah, next time I'm over there, and the yeah. Azores. Yeah, you know like sure. and then uh, but they're they're also oh it's uh it's just off of it's like southeast uh or southwest of like Portugal and Spain okay. like. If you if you recall the Iraq War, uh, it's where Tony Blair and George Bush and the PM of Australia met up to be like, "We're doing it." That's where they oh, formed yeah. the Coalition of the Willing. Um, so it's an important place to me. <laughs> yeah, a lot <laughs> you know? of historical value. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, I guess they in the Azores they have these guys who sit in whale watching towers, and the, it's like these old like Portuguese men whose whole job is to basically sit in a lighthouse with binoculars and look for whales. Wow! And they at this l- far distance will see a whale like once in a fucking blue moon. Great pension. Yeah, 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 great yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, if you're into just like fucking dicking around and reading magazines, it's a great job. It's going to be my next improv initiation. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, it's going to be a lot of portion. details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of details. Um, and then you have to add that that's where the Iraq war was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, and by the yeah. way, in 2003, <laughs> you know. As a, as a narrator. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, I think this might be a toughie. Uh, sperm whales or cephalopods? Which one is more interesting to you? Ooh. If you say... If you say that's... cephalopods, then you're kind of setting yourself up to fail today for me. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, uh, gosh. Um, it's like asking me to choose a favorite child. <laughs> uh, it, if you want to do that too. Um, I I, okay, easy. Lila, I only got one. <laughs> one, so, yeah, 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 yeah. one for one. Okay, yeah. whew, got that out yeah. of the way. Moving on. No, I mean, I don't know. It's, um, I think the things that fascinate me the most about both of them are very deeply connected. I, you know, I, I studied psychology and cognitive science when I was in college, mm-hmm. and I think that the the question of what does an other mind look like is very much at the core of what fascinates me about both cephalopods and sperm whales. Cephalopods, because the architecture of their brains is so vastly different from ours. And sperm whales, because the size of their brains is so vastly different that there must be something else going on there. Um, And so to answer your question, not really, I would dodge (laughs) by saying the thing that is the most, you know, like the stuff about like color change and all that sort of stuff, like all that stuff comes back to the way in which they process the information about their environment. And like, and so it's the same kind of thing for me that fascinates me about both of them. Right. You know, more so than like the, any of the physical characteristics or something like that. But it's this notion of like, 
what is it to be a fucking what is it to be a fucking giant squid and just sit in total darkness at the bottom of the sea and like have like these couple of like bioluminescent things that just make your gigantic eyes like tweak or tweak out. Yeah, do they get bored? Do they get depressed? Yeah, like what is that? And then for a sperm whale, like the thing that fascinates me so much about sperm whales is like, you know, when you look at what happens to humans in a sensory deprivation tank, it's basically hallucinogenic to the point of yeah. um, to the point of religious ecstasy yeah, sometimes for Adam people. Carolla. Or wait, no, no, uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Oh, did Joe Rogan? Do? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It sounds very much up his alley. It's Joe but, Rogan, um, not Adam Kroll. But so for sperm whales, I read this fascinating thing in, in one of these books that was, <clears throat> it was a, a passage by some like, you know, hippy-dippy dude from the 60s when the Save the, or early 70s, I guess, when the Save the Whales movement was starting. And it was, it, it the title of the passage was The Sperm Whale as Godhead. And it was basically saying, like, you know, <clears throat> when a sperm whale is down at the bottom of the scene, it's completely severed from any sort of visual input, you know? Like, and now we know it's probably getting a lot of sonic input, but not that much. The bottom of the sea is basically like a barren desert, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> like, what hallucinations is it having, and what insights to the nature of reality are going on in a sperm whale's mind while it dives deep? Damn. And, like, that is yeah. fascinating it's like to Joe me. Rogan level. Yeah. thinking yeah like it's there. like it's, kierkegaard yeah 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 you you wouldn't get it jeff but ben you could probably appreciate <laughs> yeah. something hey. like this um, i read joe rogan so <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 you read joe what I does read he joe write rogan. Just uh, like it's just transcripts about... of the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like news radio memories yes. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah when i was on fear factor i recall having yeah. this thought it takes eight hours to read um i was like Two worms? How about three worms? <laughs> <laughs> so so I think we're going to go to another break, uh, but um, you're sort of like we're going into a closing argument, but we'll hear a little bit more after the break, yeah. um, and we'll be right back and convince me. You want to take us away with uh, another theme song? Convince me. Hey, guys. It's Jeff from Convince Me, and if you're like me, After seeing Baby Driver, you started driving more recklessly and you ended up totaling your car. Glenn Davidson, LA's best accident and injury attorney, is here to help. If you were in an accident after being inspired by Baby Driver, you could be entitled to up to $30,000 in a class action lawsuit. Glenn Davidson wants to make sure that Sony Pictures and Edgar Wright pay back audiences who were afflicted by their film. It should be known that Glenn Davidson has nothing against the movie Baby Driver itself. In fact, Glenn liked the movie aside from some obvious issues with the third act and some less-than-believable dialogue. Call Glenn at 1-800-BABYDRI today to see if you're entitled to a cash settlement. Bye. What was it? 1-800-BABY-DRY? Baby-DRY. Baby-DRY. Yeah, dry that baby off. No one likes a wet baby. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Did you have problems with the third act of Baby Driver? (laughs) I had problems with the third. Act. Oh man, that was my favorite part of the movie. I, I had problems like with it. the first half of the movie. Really? Yes, the first half of the movie I thought was really slow, and I was like, I don't want to see fucking Ansel Elgort dancing in his fucking apartment anymore. <laughs> wow. This and is then a new convinced. And then the whole, uh, basically, the have you seen it? Mm-mm. Are you gonna? But see- hey, spoil it. I'm okay. uh, Wait, I know spoiler he drives alert. Fast. I'm okay, not. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it too hard, but I will say like it's a heist movie. Yes, I know that. There, there is at one point a final heist. Sure. Everything about that from the end, I thought was like what I wanted the movie to be all it's like along. action. Couldn't set stand piece. it, man. Because what do you? Well, how do you feel about third act of like Marvel movies? Also, normally the weakest part. Yeah, yeah. normally. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, it's what it's leading to. Okay, so Baby Driver, I'd say like at least it was surprising. Okay, mm-hmm. like the third act, but 
like I have two issues. One would probably be, I guess they're the same thing that like there wasn't like a central villain is kind of my big problem because like, oh. Kevin Spacey is supposed to be like basically like the the monster or whatever in okay. the movie, and he like completely turns around and becomes like a nice guy in a uh. second. Which is really weird. It's a character problem. Yeah, I think I think the character problems are evident throughout the movie. But right, right. I, on the other hand, I I agree with you that there wasn't that like central bad guy. But I loved the switch. Like I felt it was earned and surprising. Oh, yeah. Hey, and then the other problem is that like John Hamm, like just felt like a very auxiliary character, and then all of a sudden because hit something very bad, his girlfriend dies. Like he oh, just gets. Well, now I won't watch it. He gets like insanely mad and like goes after baby driver and now he's the super villain but it all I, I seemt felt like that was super fun i felt like they had set that up like he's a good villain <laughs> but yeah he was i thought the whole i thought the whole third act was great but it was the first two halves where it's like i'm gonna watch this guy fucking deliver pizza now <laughs> you know that was, that was weird that was a slump. you know that, that was, was slump, you know yeah. it's like i was like i gotta watch like his foster father is characterized by liking his peanut butter spread all the way to the edges. Like that's this character's yeah, that was, fucking depth, you know. Weird. Like that's, that's a good it point. was. It, it reminded me a little bit of like people's criticisms of Life Aquatic, where it was like more oh, yeah. more style than substance. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like the 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 style of the first half of the movie was hollow and didn't do a ton for me. And then in the in the third act. The action I thought was so good and drove the movie forward so well that all of a sudden all I wanted was style, and then cool. it really worked out, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's my that's my baby driver. I see critique. It. I see it. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. I don't think what you're saying is unfounded or crazy. I just feel differently about it. So what's the verdict on Baby Driver? Yeah. What do you think, Ben? You got a first half or second? Half? Sounds like the first two acts were Edgar Wright. And the third act was Edgar Wrong. Ooh. <laughs> but I really don't know. So but, shots fired. Yeah, no <laughs> but no Shaun of the Dead at any at any stretch right, of the imagination. Right, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was because yeah, yeah. that's just a clean That's the perfect. Well Simon Pegg didn't co write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is a little vibe. bit like when, when Owen Wilson quit co writing everything with, with Wes Anderson. That was it took him a while to figure it out. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, man. I'm not a big Wes Anderson guy, but we will skip over that. Skip I feel over, like there's going to be a yeah, lot yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about closing arguments. Let's, yeah, why should we watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> That's my closing argument on Game of Thrones. Don't bother. Um, Are you just a book guy? I'm a book guy, and I watched the first four seasons, I think, and it, okay. it felt like a bad adaptation, and then on top of that, it felt like bad... TV like it would they would have epi- episodes where nothing would happen yeah, for like six boring. episodes yeah. a season we got but, a lot of those fly episodes yeah but then <laughs> the episodes where something finally happened it yeah. would be so good yeah. but to me like I don't think it makes a good TV show to have two great episodes a season and then eight episodes of like stilted dialogue and yeah you know you know what I love is when you need some exposition, just throw a sex scene in the background. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. yep, yep. Just to put up with it though, like Westworld really got away with like six I, episodes of nothing, and then I watched two episodes of it and just wasn't grabbed. Yeah, and then people said it, it, it got very, better. I mean, I, I I didn't like it, but like it's I think people just really enjoy having yeah. like big big you know reveals or reveals. Yeah. And like we'll we'll wait for that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, I think it was like as good as like. The third Jurassic Park, as far as <laughs> that's concepts. a low bar to clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. worth watching. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Westworld definitely derailed. the worst Jurassic Park sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. how I feel. It's so similar to Jurassic Park in concept. Yeah, I mean it's it a is. Michael Crichton story. Yeah, it's all yeah. all Michael Crichton stories are. I am afraid of science. Here's how yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it could yeah, go yeah. wrong. You know, the abyss. Maybe more. Maybe saw some sperm whales on the way down. Maybe the, it's called the abyss. Is the abyss. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of sperm whales, we're we're here. It's time for the closing argument. Take it away. Uh, If you are fascinated by questions of consciousness and reality and you really think that there is a subjective experience uh, going on in the minds of other animals, you don't think that subjective experience is something that popped up just at the end of the evolutionary tree with humans, then you should be very, very curious about what's going on with the creature that has the biggest brain that has ever evolved. A great, well-spoken closing argument. Thank you. You might say Johnny Cochran-esque. No rhymes. Yeah. Uh, Well-spoken. I saw him speak one time in college. He told everybody, go do jury duty. <laughs> that was, he, did, was it a, the end of a rhyme? No, no it was oh, just he gave bad. this like great speech about like civic responsibility and then was like, I know it's a pain in the ass, but you've got to do jury duty. That's... Do, you, do you agree? With Johnny Cochran? Yeah. He... Uh, oh. Overall, oh, I mean, overall. <laughs> no, no, just yeah, about yeah. jury duty. I, honestly, he made me agree with him then. But the times I've done jury duty, I've, I've in the back of my head been like, "Fucking Cochran screwed me again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I do. He invented yeah. jury duty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, jury system so stupid. But I've I've thought a lot about coming up with a better system, and I can't do it. Uh, anyway, sorry to derail. Yeah, yeah no, uh, um, too much. <laughs> my. Uh, am I convinced? Great closing argument. You know, I do believe in the subjective experience of animals. Like, dolphins seem like real, like, bro-y jerks. <laughs> and I believe that's a real subjective experience. Um, and I am interested in, in cognition. And I gotta say, after your last episode, I did go a deep dive down reading about cephalopods. And it was cool. Yeah. And now, when I get, like, Fruity de Mar... I kind of know about the the sentience. You can, of the yeah, you can appreciate what a brilliant mind you're destroying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like a terrible person. You, um, you know what it is for me is. Have you ever seen the movie Ravenous? No. So, have you? No. no. So Ravenous is a uh, wonderful, uh, weird horror movie uh, written by Terrier's creator Ted Griffin. Hey Ted, if you're listening. Uh, but um, how and do you how do you watch that show? By the way, Terriers. Terriers? Yeah. How can I find it? Uh, I've tried lots of times. I think it's on Netflix. Is it really? It was for a little while. It comes and goes, but, um, all of convoy in that show, right? All of convoy. Um, but, uh, but in ravenous, the idea is if you eat the flesh of another man, you gain his strength. Like that's like the core thing. And they're all cannibals. Uh, and so for me, like there's part of me now that I know about like cephalopods, I'm like, and now I am smart like an octopus. <laughs> you know, yeah. I will blend into my back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sperm whale. I'm, I'm sperm whale. I'm very curious to eat. Um, obviously, I won't. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, it's um. They have a. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but they're the stuff that carries oxygen in their blood is mm. like super prevalent, and evidently it makes the meat taste really weird. And in Moby Dick, there's a whole chapter where it's one guy berating a cook explaining to him how to properly cook a sperm whale steak. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. really good. And then if you watch um, Human Planet, which is a BBC Earth documentary, um, the first episode's all about oceans, and they have a like a village in Indonesia where they go on a sperm whale hunt. And after the sperm whale hunt, the guy who put the first harpoon in the whale is like hanging strips of sperm whale bacon to dry in the sun, and it looks great. So like... Yeah. 
obviously, let's not go eat whale, but like we can dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was cool. It's like there's video of it you can watch. The video yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Burger, yeah. Food porn. Yes, food uh, porn. You guys heard of that term? Yeah, uh, gross. I, I'm convinced. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I Jeff? almost, I almost ended. Oh no, you're good. Early. You're convinced. Okay. Um. So I. I, I really liked a lot of the points oh, you made. Oh, boy. This sounds like a letdown. I liked a lot of the points What's you made. Fucking... But... I think what really hit me the most, two things. Two things hit me the most. One was the, the, the British invasion, or the not the British invasion metaphor. Yeah. Um, I, John that Lennon story is great. Um, and the other thing is just, like, the concept of, like, the, these sperm whales are probably just swimming around, like, hallucinating. Like, yeah. yeah. They're, like, what are they experiencing, you know? I think it's very interesting, but... Overall, like I wouldn't say I'm convinced. Probably for two reasons. One is very small, which is that like I I'm personally like I just don't necessarily believe that a, a large brain means like you have more thoughts or you're smarter. No, I, I don't actually, know. I, I don't agree know. with you. I I actually I I don't think that's yeah I don't think that's a sold thing either. I, I mean I'm just gonna I'm gonna take it as abs- I'm abstaining from that aspect of it. But then the other thing, it's more the motion of the ocean, right? The motion of the ocean. <laughs> Then the other thing is, is I just like, when I think about it, I'm just like, I feel like my life is like complicated enough. Like I have enough things to think about and like things I want to read and all that. And like, I used to be a little more interested, I think, in like cognition and like Mm -hmm. existence and all that. But I I try to like not think about it that much. Like I'd rather, sadly, like I would rather think about like, you know, I, I think a lot, a lot of the time I spend like thinking and like stuff I like want to read about is like. Like videos on Facebook and like how people are like <laughs> consuming media now, yeah, yeah, um, which is like also horrible. But like that's the kind of it's stuff I'm interested in, yeah. And it's honestly more relevant to your day to day life. Yeah, well, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like really like in like yeah, it's like uh very yeah prevalent. And what's something surprising know. about how people interact with Facebook? I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, we can do a convince me one day. We could, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I think like. The, the media system right now is broken. I think we're in a very oh. bad climate. I, Tell me I about it. Agree. Let's make America great very, again. Very, very bad climate. <laughs> yeah. Media is um, broken. Oh. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, next time I do a, a convince, I'll talk about it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I would overall say, like, I'm not going to go run and read about this because I'm not as interested. So, in so let me say this is personally hurt as i am by, by not being able to convince you I come back i no no no. i but i get it because this this year literally i like a friend of mine had been recommending a book about uh lbj to me called the path to power by robert caro and it's and he's the guy who got me into hardcore history and game of thrones and uh. like you know so his his recommendations in the past are like pretty spot on and he's yeah. like a good a good friend of mine and so this year I was like, you know what? I'm going to finally read this book and I'm reading it and I can't not finish a book once I start reading it. And it is taking up so much time that I would rather be putting into <laughs> things I'm more genuinely interested in. So as as much as I, I feel I've failed the sperm whales in not convincing you, I think that your reasons for not being convinced are ones I'm very empathetic hey, to. That makes sense. Excellent. That we, that we're, we're all good. Hey! It's all good. Hey! Blowjobs for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of Italian dolphins. Hey! hey. I suck at your dick. <laughs> hey, we make a non-consensual sex with dolphins. Hey, it's all 
Zodiac boat. <laughs> That's all the other dolphins are fucking, and one of them's just like, no, so check it out, it's inflated, but it still goes. <laughs> I'm a, what you call it, asexual dolphin. Yeah, it's, I'm more into boats. You guys, like you're, boats. In, you're into blowjobs, me, I'm a boat the guy. <laughs> Hulls, aft, stern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I'm out there. Oh, boy, okay, I go over here. You make it a fucky. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Great. Um, this brings us to our closing segment, which is uh, a convince me staple, um, just as much as Alex Berg himself is. Uh, the segment is called First Impressions. Impressions. <laughs> we have a new song. <laughs> Sometimes we call it First Bowl because <laughs> somebody flubbed once. Um, first Bowl, got it. First, first bowl, bowl, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So for, the way First Bowl works is uh, you're going to pull a name out of this bowl, um, and once you read the name, I guess you'll tell us what the name is, yeah. uh, and then um, you'll be that person for... Yeah, we'll just interview you. you know, a few minutes. Okay. It's, 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 it's called pimping. And if I don't know the person, I can just make up some nonsense. Or right? we can we can tell you if you if you want some background. I'd rather make yeah, up that'd nonsense be, that'd be and then fun. find out afterwards how wrong I was. Yeah, that's fun. That's okay. Good. Ready? Yeah. Dan Lippert. Dan <laughs> Wow. <laughs> what do you know? This is an this is this is a distinctive person. Uh Hey Dan. Uh, hey Dan. Hey. Hey Dan, uh how hey. you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, very, uh, I'm just like very tall today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. Most, I mean, have you ever woken up and not felt tall? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once I was, once I woke up and I was in a very, I had forgotten that I'd fallen asleep in a monstrously large bed. And so I was like, uh, what happened? And then uh, you thought you were small. Yeah, yeah. I thought Ooh, maybe scary. Yeah, yeah. Were so, you worried you might not be be able to stand in for Son of Zorn anymore? No, I uh, I have like a pay or play contract. Oh, so. great, great, great. Well, you also won't be able to stand in for Son of Zorn. Anymore, yeah, that unfortunately. Yeah, that is a bummer. It's good. Uh, Dan, you know, as a, a pillar of the UCB community, yeah. Just wondered, what do you think of these UCB grades? Have uh, you been? Uh, so why did you give me? Actually, you gave me an A. Thank you. You get, he gave you an A. Yeah, I did from Dan. Yeah. Oh, I had you as a student. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you gave me an it's, A. It's hard to remember I, everyone, Jeff. Uh, well, yeah. remember my sketch about like he's like the trucker who's like really OCD. Like he's like a clean trucker. No. What what no, was really uh? Liked it. What's a line from that sketch, Jeff? Um, it was something about there's something about like how you want to keep your like pee jar, like oh, you sure. know, in a in a nice in the same place every time. It was like it was contrasting. Okay, was, I mean you had some good okay. notes on it. You yeah. had some good notes. Okay, on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Part of the weird thing about being in this comedy community is sometimes your peers get these huge jobs. Uh, recently, your your buddy Drew Tarver is uh -huh. is on the uh, Carl's Junior commercials. He's yeah. making a lot of money. Do you feel Do you feel at all jealous or left behind or anything? No, I mean, yeah, I've known Drew for a long time, and you know, I think it's just uh, <laughs> I no. 
I don't fair. feel yeah. jealous. No, yeah. Have you been? He's gotten Carl's Jr. for life. Have oh, you did been, he? That's yeah. awesome. Have wow. you been partaking in that at all? Yeah, yeah. I got a Western jalapeno burger the other <laughs> Good day. Good choice. Yeah. yeah, gave me a little uh, indigestion, but <laughs> you know. Do you often struggle with that? No. <laughs> oh, great. That's good. A good gut health is, I think, a key to a long life. It really that's, is. That's a helpful thing. And good improv. Yeah, and good improv. You're who are, who are you know? A lot of us look up to you uh, as a, as an established UCB comedian. Who are some of the people you looked up to and you'd like to emulate? Uh, well, there's only one, Alex Bird. Oh, yeah, mm. he's great. I. I would suck his And thank dick. you so much, Dan Lipper, for coming on today. <laughs> Berg, great impression. That was great. Oh, my God. Oh, I man. forgot that's, it was you. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I so, kept looking up a foot. Yeah. And I have to adjust. I'm going to have to, like, text Dan when I leave here and be like, <laughs> hey, buddy, I because I give Dan shit all the time. <laughs> I think he's so great, but it's so weird to do it when he's not in the room yes, that I yes, immediately yes. feel guilty about it. I was so I'll, pimping you harder into it. <laughs> that's right. I'll just, I mean, I don't. He won't care, but I'll, I'll just have to text him so that I don't feel like a like a monster when oh, I go home. That's right, a good choice. Right. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. if I see him around, I'm it's the thing I'm going to bring up. Yes. Oh, yeah. likewise. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, hey, buddy, <laughs> I was on Convince Me. <laughs> I did a you impression for a little while. Um, you impression. One day, I feel like a lot of these are like kind of trolls like that. A lot of the, are the they bowl papers. I feel like one day we should just do a segment where you write a few and we just read them out instead of somebody actually doing the voice. Read, I, read one randomly okay, now. Okay, yeah, okay. see what it is. Queen of England. Hey, that's great. Big improv person. Um, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> that's good. I feel like we've I tried to. I tried to do all ones that have a distinctive voice. Darth Vader. Okay, so maybe they're not as... <laughs> I just, I just yeah. happen to pull you Dan Lipper. Yeah, Dan Lipper. <laughs> so funny. I'm putting him back in the bowl. Yeah, I hope it comes up next Back time. in yeah. the bowl with you, Dan. Maybe when Dan comes on, um, he'll pull himself. Well, <laughs> this brings us to um, a segment called Plugs. Uh, I have nothing this week. So, oh, no plugs. No plugs. I would just say rate and review convince me. Yeah. Um, we're probably on Spotify now, I feel like. No? I don't know. I don't know Spotify how Spotify started, podcast started works. Podcasts. We're on um whatever that other podcast streaming. Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like uh, follow us on Twitter and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You know, uh, just try to like, keep that engagement high. Uh, ben, <laughs> what do you think? Facebook, right? Facebook, Facebook engagement. Yeah, Facebook. yeah. Uh, I'd like to promote um, Hannah Kornberg and I have a production company called Banana. B-E-N God. A-N-N-A-H. Real easy to spell. Mm-hmm. So look that up on Facebook. Banana Pictures. We have a couple shorts coming out soon. And um, I'd also like to say, hey Thayer. He's out of town. We miss him. He'll be back next week. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Berg, anything to plug? Uh, yeah. yeah. When, when will this come out? I might have something uh, to plug. About a week. Oh, uh, so yeah, so right. uh, I did yeah. the show we talked about. The top science time uh, is going to come back. Hey, great! We we think sometime in August. We don't have an official date yet, but so just keep your eyes peeled for uh, science time with Alex Berg. It's exciting. Uh, we're going to talk about gravitational waves again, just because a month is not nearly enough time to write another deep dive segment like that. Um, and we're going to, I don't know who we're going to interview uh, this time, but there's a, a woman at G- JPL I want to reach out to who's researching the origins of life um and which is what does it i have mean to do with jets what's that what does it have to do with jets it all, life started in a jet 
Jets. Yeah, yeah. You know, is that what you say, think of JPLS? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, the New York football organization. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's like jet propulsion. That's all they do there. Yeah, so I, I haven't reached out yet because we don't have a date. But um, but just keep your eyes peeled on. I will be incessantly plugging it on Twitter, but for awesome. Science Time with Alex Berg. And what's yeah. that Twitter handle? At Actually Berg. Yeah. There we go. And you can also catch Berg at uh, at uh, Convoy, uh, Convoy uh, and UCB. Sentimental Lady, UCB Theater LA, or you know, watch Hell Baby. <laughs> yeah, go for it. You want to see me as a naked old lady? I I can fulfill your dreams. <laughs> it's truly disturbing. It yeah, it's an upsetting. It's an upsetting thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, next time you want to hear something wacky, wacky and, and woodly, come right back to convince me. We have a new song. Do, 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 commence me. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Did I get it right?